Hey, y'all. Um, yeah, I'm back. Um, so soon. But I think that it's just so funny that, you know, we live with all of these stigmas and stuff. Um, about aspects of our lives and uh, you feel like you got to keep it really quiet, you know, especially, um, in reference for me personally, it has just been, um, you know, PMDD, just not knowing how to talk about it and how to reach out to people. And, um, I find though that once I kind of figure out a way to open up, I just want to like explode <laughs> explode it all out because I've been holding it all inside for so long and the act of just coming clean about who I am and just honoring it and uh, <laughs> just loving myself for it is just really a powerful experience and and, and uh, once I get started, I just don't want to stop, you know. Um, so that's that's why I'm back. That's why I'm right here with you today. And, um, you know, before I kind of get into my story, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, like, start out by saying that, you know, uh, <sighs> if you're out there and... Um, you have PMDD or addiction issues or, you know, any sort of identity that, um, you don't feel comfortable sharing with the world. Like, um, I'm really just sending you so many thoughts and prayers and, um, hoping that you can do it one day too, because it's, it's, it's such a relief. Um, and, uh, I think, um, I didn't intend to, to, um, rewind back so far, but I, you know, I, I think that, um, the story probably that I want to tell about what I've recently gone through, uh, I think that it has to go back. Time's been going by so fast. Maybe two or three weeks. Maybe. Maybe a week and a half. <laughs> oh, this is the thing about... It's just like... When life is crazy, you just don't fucking know. It all just zips by. Um, but, uh... I'll just sort of begin, um, you know, I had my last, um, visit to the hell dimension, uh, with PMDD, um, we'll say <laughs> roughly two or three weeks ago, and, um, I was out, you know, I was just out of commission and I couldn't do anything. Um, and that made me really anxious because I've actually just bought a house and, um, 
I need to renovate it sooner than later uh, because I don't have much money and I need to move out of where I'm renting quickly in order to save what little money I have left because I don't even know when I'll be able to work again because of COVID and I don't know when um, I might get any unemployment. But um, uh, so that was very stressful. And I got through it, though, and I was able to uphold a lot of appointments with contractors and stuff. And um, I uh, ended up sort of heading over to this new house in this other town with my cousin. And I um, unintentionally came out to her. Um, not about PMDD. Uh, I'm out with everybody about the fact that I had PMDD. I don't have any shame about a diagnosis. What I have shame about is not knowing how it affects me and, and then not realizing that some of my, some of the things that I'm ashamed of are actually symptoms of PMDD that, that can be rough. And now I'm learning about all of that, luckily, thanks to PMDD hashtags and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, I don't, I think when you have a mental health issue that is so rare, uh, it, it doesn't even really help all the time to come out about it because nobody knows what the hell it is. So it means that, you know, you have to keep banging up against, um, these stigmas, you know, and I really like, you know, there's these stigmas of they're, they're sexist, they're against people's mental health. Um, they're probably in some ways classist because people with plenty of money with mental health stuff can go hide away and take care of it. And, and like the rehabs or the clinics or the institutions or the, therapy offices or whatever, um, quietly and nobody has to know, but you know, me, I don't have those options for the most part. So it's my community that has to support me and that can feel less than dignified. And then, um, you know, it's, uh, so it's sexist, it's mental health stuff and it's, it, and there's stigma against menstruation and women's cycles. And there's, you know, I talked about this before, Oh, it's just PMS, but as we all know now, <laughs> no. So anyways, uh, that was not what I came out about. Um, what I have, what I actually came out about is the fact that I'm, um, uh, to her, uh, that I identify as polyamorous, which was also a very challenging thing to talk about because it's another thing that I've come out a few times to other family members about but they didn't get it they thought it was circumstantial they thought that it was uh just a, a phase or whatever and um that's been frustrating and she uh god bless my fucking cousin she's like I could do a whole podcast on why she's one of my favorite people in the world and she immediately was like I fucking see you and that is okay. And I'm so proud of you for knowing yourself so well. And, um, and for being so insightful and for not letting fear hold you back from 
even being able to see yourself. And um, that felt, I didn't realize how amazing that would feel. There was so much relief in being seen at that point. Um, and uh, I have been quietly identifying as both Polly and Pan for a long time. And I never thought that um, I would have to be somebody who came out um, because I just figured uh, I can, you know, pass. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought I could pass as like heteronormative. So um, I didn't think I would ever have to come out, you know. Um, but I was currently um, kind of failing at being hyper heteronormative in my relationship so um to be and to know that that was an issue and to not be able to tell my family about it when I was explaining what was going on was like gender roles and um stuff as well like uh that that was actually eating me up alive and for me to see be seen by my cousin was was really amazing so then uh that actually turned out to be and I had no idea a uh, national coming out day um and um so I was able to I saw that online and I realized how good that felt and so I uh I was able to um just come out online to everybody too and that felt really good and I came out as both Polly and Pan and if anybody doesn't know this thing it's uh pansexual which is being attracted to men, women, trans people, and gender non-binary people, which I've been attracted to all of them in the past. So there's, there's just no denying that one. And then, and then the, the polyamorous is, you know, um, sort of people think that it's just like always it, I mean, polyamory is, um, essentially, uh, <laughs> I don't really feel like, you know, I have the best um, definition, but, you know, just be um, accepting multiple partners at once is an option, essentially. Uh, and I think the stigma around being poly is I think that people think that that means that you want to, like, be constantly hooking up with lots of people and, and maintaining all these relationships and stuff and... Um, uh, yeah, I think it's got a bad stigma, but, um, like, uh, I, even though I didn't identify as Polly, um, I maintain a shit ton of relationships anyways, sexually or not. I mean, well, actually, I don't maintain a lot of sexual relationships. I maintain just a million relationships with friends and family. So I will always, and I don't deny um, emotional intimacy in between, like, me and other people. I really love a lot of people. Um, and, you know, sexually, when it comes into that, uh, I don't really, like, too much casual or promiscuous sex in my life um it's not like a great thing 
Uh, and I also don't really love, I really don't love, I'm, have a lot of hangups on romantic relationships, so, um, I don't really want to have too many <laughs> romantic relationships at once if I want any, because, uh, I am, uh, a little romantically lazy. I'm kind of a lone wolf. So, it, that, everything that I just said doesn't really sound like a poly thing to say, which I think is really important because it, you know, that kind of like breaks the stigma for somebody to be like, um, I barely want romance at all. And I barely want anybody to touch me at all. <laughs> um, but I think that like me not really loving all of that stuff in, in the context in which I have learned it means that, um, I like to keep space in order to be open for things when they do feel right. Um, it's almost like, um, when I was looking for my house, I had a friend that I want, you know, that I'm buying I had a friend say, write out every single thing that you want from this house. And, um, and I thought, you know, everything that I could want from this house would be, um, based on things that I already know. And I don't necessarily want that because I want to experience things that I don't know because, um, I'm a curious, curious woman. And so I said to myself, I want to see something and I want to know that it's the right thing when I see it. And I think I feel that about romance. Um, I don't want to pigeonhole it. I just want to move through the world and make tons of connections and have lots of adventures and never, maybe never is not the word, but mostly not pigeonhole my love life and, and especially my sexuality, which is like, goddamn biological fucking thing that's unpredictable <laughs> I don't want to pigeonhole it you know I just want to make space for it to be real and true and honest um so it felt really good it's been feeling really good to come out of the closet with both um my sexuality and with my mental health I guess um and uh so I did that and that was a big deal and that was really good. And then, um, then things started to go kind of bad in other areas of my life and it got really hard and tricky. <laughs> um, there was some issues with my relationship. And then there were some issues with my money and my finances. And then there were some issues with my housing. And then there were multiple issues with my car, which in turn turned into more issues with my finances. And, um, you know, and there was some issues with my family 
and it just all came crashing down on me at once and um I had to go into this whole other mode of just riding the wind and having hope and doing my best to be as diligent about every little detail as possible and um man everything just felt so out of control and like as hard as I wanted to make it all in control, the more out of control it got because just factors and logistics and stuff just kept layering and layering on top of it. And, and I really just had to have fate and ride the wind. And I just was crying every time somebody wasn't around. And then pulling myself together and getting one little thing done and then getting alone and then crying and then pulling myself together. <laughs> it was hard, you know? I was borderline just like hitchhiking around town and trying to find these documents for these things and oh god, I don't even know how to explain the whirlwind that I just went through and This morning was kind of going to be the moment of truth where um, there was a thousand factors. I can't even think of oh, all the factors of, <laughs> of all the ways that things, all this work that I was building up, you know, all week while in the middle of crying and freaking the fuck out, I was still trying to manage my stuff and there is so much uncertainty. And then this morning, today, was the day that every detail of all of these little factors that I was just trying my best, you know, they would kind of reveal themselves. And it would just be like, you might have a little bit of money. Oh, but you might have to spend a little bit of money. Uh, you might be able to get your car back. Oof, but you might not have a car for a long time and have to just be getting rides. You might this, you might that, and it was just everywhere. And um, and I woke up this morning, and um, there might be a song playing in the background if I can figure out the technology. And I just felt so overwhelmed and so annoyed and so hyper-aware of who I was within the context of the system that was designed to suck the life out of us with things just like this. So much of it was right there in my face. And it was stuff that I haven't been able to handle before. Or if I did, it was terrible. And this time it was also terrible. But it was a little better than it had been before because I'm learning and I'm growing. And I knew, though, I knew... That I was going to be strong enough to handle this. And I don't think I've had that confidence before. And even as I was crying, I knew that I was stubborn enough to get this fucking shit done. 
it is not easy to be a woman in this country. And there's ways that I could go off on that forever, and maybe one day I will. It is not easy to be somebody with a mental health issue or a disability in this country. It is not easy to be poor in this country. For me, I would say that I know that that's by design. For your sake, if you don't feel that way, I will say I feel like that's by design. And I refuse to be taken down by that design. Because I know that I'm more than that. And I know you're more than that. And I know my friends are more than that. And I know my loved ones are more than that. And so I had all these tiny little victories today that to a rich person, they would be like, what the fuck? Who fucking cares? No big deal. Another Tuesday. But for me, it meant everything. But the thing that's so scary is, excuse the text message. The thing that's so scary <laughs> I should really learn to put my phone on airplane mode before I do these, so the text messages don't do that. Fuck that timing. Anyways, the thing that was so scary, though, to me through the whole thing was I was at the edge of my seat doing the best that I could, and it was this thing where I was... <sighs> almost giving up on so many things, but I had the energy to just have one little extra push. And that little extra push got me to the other side of this particular set of challenges in a way that's just good enough for now where I don't feel like I'm in fight or flight anymore. Tomorrow I might wake up with an appetite. Tomorrow my heart won't be pounding in my chest. But today, while I've been handling all of this, it's been in the best part of my phase or my cycle, the best phase of my cycle. And it's scary to think what would have happened to me if I was in PMDD when all of this happened. How would I have gotten through it? I just don't know how I would have had that strength. I wouldn't have had the clarity to do all the random paperwork that I had to get done. That was a challenge, even when I was in my most sharp, you know, time of my cycle. Because anybody who has PMDD, you know 
that when you get to that phase right before you menstruate, that your brain is just fucking mush. And then the paranoia would have made me feel like every time I wanted to ask for help, like everybody hated me. And the hopelessness would have just slowed me down even more than I was already slowed down. And the hatred, the self-hatred would have probably eaten me up alive. Because right now, I can feel good about myself. Right now, I do feel good about myself. Right now, I know I'm the fucking shit. <laughs> um, right now, I know I'm incredible for everything that I've pulled off in a system that's so hard and so unforgiving especially for people like me and for people like a lot of us probably you know listening out there and uh i'm living through pmdd And I don't have a lot of safety nets. I have some really good ones, like great family, you know, great community. But there's a lot that I don't have to keep me safe. And I'm still going. And if you're out there... And you have PMDD. And you don't have a lot of support systems. And you don't have a lot of money to throw at your problems. And you're right there on the edge. And it feels like you don't know if the next time you're on the edge is going to be the same time that you are in the hell dimension. And you don't know how you're going to handle it. And you're scared. <sighs> I have so little to offer you. <laughs> That's the terrible thing. I have so little to offer you and I don't know what anybody has to offer to you. And if you do know, then please... I don't know, message me somehow. But know that I have your respect. Wait, no. <laughs> know that you have my respect. If you don't feel seen for everything that you're struggling through, know that I see you. you feel lame or weak or like there's something wrong with you for all of these struggles that this condition has given you just know that that's bullshit know that you are in fact 
so, so, so incredibly strong. When I was a, a pretty young woman, not pretty and young, but uh, a fairly young woman, <laughs> um, I wanted to learn the banjo really bad. Just had to be a fucking badass banjo player. That was really important to me. And my father is indeed, conveniently, a very good banjo player. And I had him. I said, hey... Dad, teach me how to play banjo. Thing about the banjo is you there's if it's an old time banjo and you're playing this type of music called old time music, you play in different tunings. And my dad purposely taught me how to play in the hardest tunings. Because, you know, he didn't tell me initially that that's what he was doing, but he let me really struggle through those hard tunings and learn these songs through these very challenging tunings, you know. And he said later that he did that because whenever I switched out of those tunings and I started playing in the other tunings that I'd be really good because I did the harder part first and it would just be a fucking breeze after that. Um, I like to think that right now I'm learning life in those hard tunings and that one day through either hopefully therapy and spirituality or even, if necessary, different types of medication. Once I get that down, and I get to live life, not in those hard tunings, and I get to be relatively healthy and well, and maybe have more money and stability under my belt, and have learned a whole bunch of lessons in this hard tuning <laughs> that like life is gonna feel so good and I really hope that for you too if you're listening if you're really struggling maybe this is the hard tuning but maybe one day you'll just find an answer to get you out of that and then everything is gonna feel so easy and think about how strong you are to have lived through the through life in hard mode. When everybody else who doesn't have these sorts of problems is kind of living life in easy mode. It's just like, no offense to them. If you're somebody listening who doesn't deal with this stuff, you know, you're cool. Keep on trucking. But there is some, some credit. I got to give credit to where credit is due. All you out there dealing with this. Especially dealing with PMDD. You are some tough fucking cookies. You're fucking incredible. All right.
I should be yelling. <laughs> my roommates are gonna hear me and wonder what the fuck I'm doing. Um. Anyways, I'm just getting it all out. I hope y'all are doing good out there. It's a beautiful night. It's fall time. As you know, I sleep in a camper and um, all the sounds outside have slowly changed as the end of October draws near. The owls are not even hooting, which they usually are. The crickets are still chirping, but the frogs have gone silent. In the morning, the birds are quiet. And there's only crows and squirrels going crazy trying to get nuts. And it sounds like they're having a damn fucking party on top of my camper. It's like they think the roof of my camper is a dance floor. But it's alright because I love them. I'm going to miss every little creature and plant in this backyard when I... Moving to my new house. I hope you guys are enjoying this beautiful fall weather. And this shift in seasons. And if you have PMDD but also get seasonal affective disorder, hold on to your britches. We'll find a way to make it through together. Until then, stay strong and be good to yourself. Much love.